the giant thinkers. Giant thinkers podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the show. I'm Ram Castillo, and in this podcast, I'm bringing to you top experts from various industries worldwide to learn from their success and to help us become better designers, creatives, and giant thinkers. Hello, dear giants. This is episode number 55. Our guest today is widely known for creating motivational and inspirational spoken word films and thought-provoking content. His YouTube and Facebook videos have received over a billion views each on both platforms, and he covers a range of topics such as environmentalism, socioeconomics, work-life balance, and spirituality. He leverages life experience, self-teachings, and his honors degree in anthropology. Oprah Winfrey's TV show, Super Soul Sunday, has featured our guest, as well as a long list of media outlets from Huffington Post, Fox, Wired, MTV, CBS News, and BuzzFeed. Some of the topics we spoke about include his creative process from ideation to execution, where his own personal inspiration comes from, how he measures the impact of his videos, and advice for those that want to make videos but don't have the budget to produce high-end quality. If you're someone who is interested in the fusion of education and entertainment in the form of spoken word poetry, then this is for you. Now, briefly, before we begin, as you know, we had on Jake Casson, the co-founder of Movement Watches, a few episodes ago, and it's no secret that I'm a huge fan of Movement Watches, so I wanted to make mention of his generous gift to all listeners, which is an exclusive 15% off all products with free shipping worldwide. Now, I'll give you that link in a second as I've already taken advantage of this myself and got my third movement watch. Uh, this one here on my wrist as we speak. You can hear the links there. It's called Denali. It's black with rose gold, hardened mineral crystal glass, and black stainless steel links. It sounds sexy. It is. You've got to check out their range. Sophisticated designs and quality construction is what you'll see. And they don't break the bank. Their watches just start at $95 at a department store. You're looking at around $400 to $500 bucks for this type of watch. So get your 15% off today with free shipping worldwide and free returns by going to mvmt.com slash giant thinkers. The blog post of this episode also has the link there if you prefer to click through. We're heading closer to Christmas and if you're like me and hate the stress that comes from parking and dealing with retail crowds, you can skip all that and grab watches for you and your loved ones. They make the perfect gift for men and women, and as mentioned, start at just $95. The 15% off your entire order with free shipping is automatically activated when you visit mvmt.com slash giant thinkers. Alrighty, let's dive in. I present to you the mindful and innovative Prince Ear. Prince Ear, welcome to the Giant Thinkers podcast. I'm as chuffed as a kid in a candy store to have you on the show. How are you doing today, mate? What's up, Ram? Good. Good. Just hanging out. Glad to be here. I'm uh, I'm a kid and, and you're now in your candy store, so I'm happy to be here, man. Thanks for inviting me. 
Oh, that means a lot. I'm a huge fan um, amongst many millions. And I um, actually just noticed your real name when I did a bit of a search is actually Richard Williams. Out of curiosity, what's the story behind the Prince Ia stage name? Ooh, okay. So um, that's, a good, that's a good intro question right there. Not, not too many people ask that. So I'm um, trying to figure out the condensed way to tell it. So I studied anthropology in school, right? This is what I graduated, summa cum laude, got my degree in anthropology. The study, for those of you that don't know, anthropology is the study of human beings across time and space. Archaeology is a subdiscipline of anthropology. So this is what I studied. And the reason why I studied anthropology was because I was fascinated by a culture called uh, the Sumerians. So the Sumerian people obviously lived in Sumer about 6,000 years ago. Uh, Sumer is modern day Iraq, uh, went by many other names, Mesopotamia, Babylon. Um, and so I was, I was fascinated by this, this, uh, this group of people. And you say, why, why are we so fascinated? Well, because they were the first civilization known to man. Uh, they created the wheel. They put 360 degrees uh, to a circle. They, they had the first written language, cuneiform script. They knew about all the planets in our solar system without the use of a telescope. And you're like, dang, how did they know all that? This is what I'm saying. How did they know all this? <laughs> and if you, if you would have asked one of these people, they would have said that their living gods gave them this knowledge. And I'm like, oh, okay, now it gets interesting. Living gods, what, are you talking about uh, angels? Are you talking about aliens? Uh, what the heck are you talking about? So I do more digging into their mythology, and I stumble upon this character called Prince Ea, Prince Earth, or Enki. And Prince Earth was the, was the Sumerian people's creator god, and he freed the Sumerian people out of bondage through knowledge and wisdom. And so I took on the name because through my music, through my art, through my content. I want to free people or at least open their minds through knowledge and wisdom. Mate, that is one heck of a backstory. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's fantastic. Oh, I'm so glad I asked it. But actually, you know, that wasn't my icebreaker question. Usually I ask an icebreaker question and uh, yours is, what's a potentially surprising daily habit that only your closest friends or family would know about you? Mm, Only my closest friends or family would know about. Um, Give me a second. Let's see. (laughs) Oh, man. So I've stumped you. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm laughing because it's it's funny. And not, I'm thinking not many people do know this about me. So usually, so I might not start my, I don't know if it's a habit, mm-hmm. but it's a weird quirk. Like I, I start my day, man, at like 1 or 2 p.m. Right. And it's, it's, I know, I know what you're saying. What are you doing? Most successful people, they wake up at 4.30. And I know I want to be like them. I'm going to try. But uh, I just end up working a lot in the early morning, man. And I don't end up sleeping until late, like five, like it's crazy. And I I picked this up because, you know, back when I was making music and, you know, doing hip hop, I would just stay in the studio so late and I would just work and do this and that. And so, yeah, so not many people probably know about the time in which I'll wake up. (laughs) You know, that's actually, 
something that uh, many people probably don't know about me is a, is a similar thing, except it comes in waves. So I might be so into something late at night and, you know, that's just when the creative juice just comes flowing. And then I end up sleeping at like three o'clock in the morning. I hate to say it sometimes. Um, and it comes in waves. I am um, trying to improve um, my sleep because I had on uh, Dr. Carmel Harrington, who is a specialist in sleep for over, she's been studying sleep in, uh, for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. And so she's, you know, bringing that to my attention. I'm kind of going, right, I can see the benefits of um, sleeping, she says, with the rhythm of the earth. So she says mm-hmm. that you should prepare your body and mind for sleep when the sun goes down and when the yeah. sun goes up, that's when you should also rise. And there's, there's some science of course behind that as well. But, um, I, I, I must admit, I, I do have waves of the same thing, brother. <laughs> and you yeah. wake up at midday and you're like, well, you kind of don't feel so bad because you knew you were only, you know, you were, you were hustling early hours as well. So <laughs> yeah, this is true. So Prince, where would you say your expertise lies? Well, I've been creating digital content for um, about a decade now. So I understand how to get eyes on content. Um, you know, it's funny because I mentioned anthropology. A lot of anthropologists actually out of college, they get jobs in marketing fields. And so I, I being that I'm a guy who's made his living and created this, uh, this whole world for myself online, uh, I had to understand marketing. I didn't have a big budget. I couldn't, you know, spend much on average, all of this stuff. I had to get creative. I had to figure out um, the, the, the the strategies and develop my own toolkit that would allow me to be successful online. So I, I, I get how to, you know, put people in front of content and, and stay engaged with the content. Um, obviously, it's easy to do that on just you know, a cat video or something, you know, something uh, that's not too um, innovative and inspirational. It's it's easy to do it. But for me, my challenge is I love doing it on something that is impactful, you know, something that can actually create some type of change, not only externally, but some type of can create some type of rhythm uh, and movement and catalyze, um, the inside of, a, of an individual so that they can eventually have um, some type of external change happen. So I'd say my expertise lies in in digital, man, getting eyes on content. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Uh, and we're going to certainly dive into some of your content as I um, insert some some snippets through here. And, and it, you know, for those that are unfamiliar or for those that are familiar, it'll give you a, a jolt again of what uh, Prince is known for. Um, before we get into that, can you share to us a little about your childhood and how you grew up? Grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, St. Louis, actually, a study just came out. It actually is the, the most dangerous city in the nation. Uh, it's not Detroit. It's not Chicago. It, it's actually St. St. Louis is always it, there's different lists, but St. Louis is always up there. This is where Ferguson happened, and this is this is my home. Ferguson happened about uh, eight minutes from where I live. And um, so this is where I was born. I was lucky to be born um, by two very good people. My, my mom is a nurse. My dad is in law enforcement. Um, they always there for me. I mean, nobody's perfect, even parents. But comparatively speaking, I'm very lucky, very blessed. Um, I'm the youngest of, of three boys. 
So I was lucky to grow up and have both of my parents um, there. Uh, comparatively speaking, a lot of my peers didn't, you know, either, you know, single mother households or father in jail. These are a lot of my friends where they come from. And I was I was kind of lucky to have them. And they always cared about me. Um, and like I said, nobody's perfect, even parents, but they did the best that they could with what they had. And we weren't rich by any means. You know, we, we, I didn't I never felt like we um, we, we, we lacked, though. You know, I know we didn't like looking back on it, like, wow, we didn't really have much, but I still never felt that that lack. So I, so shout out to my parents, first of all. Um, so after uh, so going to school, I was in love with basketball. And after basketball, I, I became in love with rap music and hip hop. Hip hop kind of changed everything for me. Growing up, I was a terrible student. I was not good. I sat in the back of the class, shy scared to give um, give the wrong answer. So I never raised my hand um, and I just didn't care. I, I, I did everything just to kind of make my parents happy. Um, I wasn't engaged until I came into contact with hip hop music. And it's crazy, right? It's like, what do you mean hip hop? It's just garbage you hear on the radio. How do you get inspired to, 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 to learn about um, different topics and educate yourself from hip hop? What do you mean? Well, uh, hip hop is bigger than what most people think. Uh, what you hear on the radio is about 10 percent of what hip hop actually is. Hip hop started out as the voice for the voiceless. Uh, it was the MC's duty to educate his listener through his rap lyrics. So a lot of topics that I loved hearing about in hip hop were everything from um, uh, socioeconomics, geopolitics, questioning religion, all of these different things just blew my mind because um, I, I didn't know. I thought hip hop was just you know, girls twerking and dancing and, you know, bottles of, uh, back then it was, it was Cristal. Uh, today I think it's Ciroc. Or, uh, I don't know, but that's what I thought it was. So I got into that because it, it sparked my mind and I started to, uh, to read a whole lot more. Everything that these rappers were talking about, I would read about, I would go to the library and um, just start re reading books and looking at articles on the internet and printing stuff out and reading it at home. And it was, it was a great, it, it changed my life. You know, I, I can't put it in any other way. Hip hop changed, it saved my life actually. Um, and so eventually I wanted to do what they did to somebody else. So I wanted, so each one teach one, I wanted to, 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 to emulate these guys. And so I made my own raps and I was very, very political in the beginning, very aggressive. I don't know if you did any research and look my old stuff up. If you haven't, don't, uh, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> don't feel like you need to, but this is, this is, uh, this is how they still exist. Yes. If you dig, if you dig deep enough, but, uh, so this is what I was doing. I, I had a rap career. I was in music. I was, I was, uh, working hard to try to try to be the best rapper that ever lived. I was very lyrical. Um, and then after, you know, getting in Vibe magazine, after recording uh, with Grammy Award winning artists, performing with guys like Ludacris and this and that. And I found myself to be in a very unhappy space. Um, I kept comparing myself to other um, other rappers that were doing better than me, you know, even though I had a little bit of a following, it was still guys that, you know, I'm like, how did he just win a, um, a VMA? How did he just, you know, go on tour to, to, to Australia? And I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm better than them. And I was frustrated. I was, I was, 
I was sad um, because there was still ego in it. You know, I was I was trying to educate my listeners, but I was still trying to prove something. I was still trying to be the best and I was still trying to get um, get all of this respect and all of this nonsense that we have to go through to realize that that's not the path. And that's what happened. So I, I eventually said, I just want to quit. You know, I'm not happy doing this. So I want to be happy. What's going to make me happy? So I quit and I started. Um, I started, I I intuitively knew that in order to find out what's going to make me happy, I had to know who I was. So um, I started reading all the the ancient scriptures, uh, everything from the Upanishads to the Bhagavad Gita, to the Ribu Gita, to the Tao Te Ching, and take it to the uh, modern scriptures, the modern sages, the Eckhart Tolle's, the Ram Dass, the Oprah's, the Wayne Dyer's. I read everything. And what I found, or what I discovered rather, was that happiness isn't outside of you. <laughs> happiness is always inside. Um, it, it, happiness doesn't live in the palace nor the cabin. It, it's, it's in you. Um, and when you change the way you look at things, the very things you look at will change. This is a, a quote from Wayne Dyer. And once I realized that, I also found that the answers to many of our problems, not only that we face in the world, but also microcosmically inside of ourselves is love. The answer is love, peace, compassion. So after after reading all of these texts and looking inside myself, I, I realized that it, nothing that I can get will ever make me happy. Um, happiness lives inside of me. It's not, it's not in the external world, it's in the internal world. Um, and so I also realized that love, peace, and compassion is really what this world is about. That's why we're here. Um, it's the answer to every problem we face, not only in the world, but in, in our, in our lives as well, in our personal lives. And so I started to create content, uh, pick the mic back up, so to speak. Uh, but not rapping anymore, no longer trying to get on MTV or BET, but more so now with the with the intent of how can I serve? How can I how can I while I have breath in this body, how can I show people that the answers lie within themselves um, and bring people together and unify? So that's what I started doing. Then I then I tell you this, man, in the first uh, eight years of my rap career, I probably brought in about maybe maybe 5 million views, if that. Um, but I'll tell you this, in the last few years, I've brought in over a billion views on my content. And I think the shift happened when I just stopped trying to um, stop trying to get famous or stop trying to teach people and, you know, from this, from this control place, but I just let things flow. And I just started to serve, you know, while I have time on this planet, I just want to serve in the best way that I can. And, uh, yeah, that's the, that's the story. Mate, that's, that's super powerful. I love the transparency and the transformation. I think so many people can either see themselves in that or at least parts of that. And, and I think that's, um, you know, a lot of the appeal and, um, impact that you're making, um, on, on me personally, it's, um, it's, it it was instantaneous that uh, you know the videos that I stumbled across you on a couple of years ago were in line with my values, and um, I can only imagine how many, you know, how many people who may be watching on the screens who might not even be commenting are are impacted by your um, your same uh, 
sort of mission and vision. Um, I'd like to dive straight into one of your most popular videos to date. On YouTube, it's titled, Can We Autocorrect Humanity? Mm. It's a little over three minutes um, and has 20 million views on YouTube and 75 million on Facebook. Uh, small small numbers there. <laughs> um, yeah, it's correct. huge. It's um, it's amazing. And he uploaded that in 2014. Now, for the listeners, I'll insert a little of it now to give all of you a taste. Did you know the average person spends four years of his life looking down at his cell phone? Kind of ironic, ain't it? How these touch screens can make us lose touch. But it's no wonder in a world filled with IMAX, iPads, and iPhones, so many eyes, so many selfies, not enough us's and we's. See, technology has made us more selfish and separate than ever. Because while it claims to connect us, connection has gotten no better. And let me express first, Mr. Zuckerberg, not to be rude, but you should reclassify Facebook to what it is, an anti-social network. Because while we may have big friend lists, so many of us are friendless all alone. Because friendships are more broken than the screens on our very phones. We sit at home on our computers measuring self-worth by numbers of followers and likes. Ignoring those who actually love us, it seems we'd rather write an angry post and talk to someone who might actually hug us. Am I bugging? You tell me, because I asked a friend the other day, let's meet up face to face. They said, all right, what time you want to Skype? I responded with OMG, SRS, and then a bunch of SMHs and realized, what about me? Do I not have the patience to have conversation without abbreviation? This is the generation of media overstimulation. Chats have been reduced to snaps. The news is 140 characters. Videos are six seconds at high speed. And you wonder why ADD is on the rise faster than 4G LTE, but... Get a load of this. Studies show the attention span of the average adult today is one second lower than that of a goldfish. Okay, so I encourage everyone to check it out on Prince Ear's YouTube channel or Facebook. It's beautifully produced and highly emotive. Can you talk us through your creation process for this video from idea to execution? Mm, oh, wow. You want me to give up the secrets, huh? <laughs> Just a little. Wet our appetites. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, for me, who, who better to talk about, um, you know, phone addiction or, you know, being being consumed by uh, social media than a guy who has been addicted to his phone? You know, so I, yeah, hey, and, and I still, you know, probably look at my phone a little bit too much, but, um See, that video wasn't about throwing away phones. It wasn't about, um, you know, deleting your social media accounts. It was just about being present in the moment. And so that's that's when I that's what I wanted to create, because I, I, I believe that some of this technology that we have in front of us, while very, very beautiful and powerful. And I'm personally um, probably one of the biggest fans of uh, the information age and just tech in general. Um, I also know that um, it can also become distractions. It can also, 
we as consumers can become consumed by um, some of these things. And that's not, and, and here's another thing, the people who create some of these applications and devices, they know exactly what they're doing and they want you to become consumed by it, but I won't get into conspiracy mode right now. I'm just talking to the individual that it's up to us to, to, to enjoy life. And sometimes we have to put the phone down. And so when I, when I wrote it, that's what I had in mind again, just to, just to serve people. I mean, we all have, um, majority of us have access to cell phones and Facebook and the internet. Um, and, and it can create a lot of stress. So I, I try to create pieces that will allow us to, to, to zoom out, to step back and say, Hmm, maybe, maybe my actions, change. Maybe I could be a little more present in on dates or, you know, when I'm conversing with somebody and I don't always have to be, you know, checking how many likes this picture got or taking photos of, of the, the, the next meal that came on my table. Um, and so I, I shot that video in, uh, shot it in LA in Marina, in the Marina Del Rey area. And man, it was a very quick turnaround. Um, yeah, from I wrote it, flew out to L.A., shot it. I think the week after that, we released it. <laughs> and that was it. Perfect. Yep. And are you, um, are you, when you say you write it, are you scripting it to a T and then are you kind of memorizing it almost as a rapper would or, or are you kind of, you know, going with the flow a little bit and then just um, piecing it together at post-production? Yeah, everything's pre-recorded mm. and it's, you know, just the music video way. Like, you, you know, you lip sync the words. Um, so I'm not, you know, improv on on set. I know exactly what I need to say, how I need to say it. Um, and we go, we, we actually searched a couple locations to shoot that. Um, and, and yeah, we knocked it out. I generally, um, like for most of my videos, I have the... Um, I, I, I produce them and like kind of co-direct them. But for that one in particular, we just found a cool location and we're like, Hey, let's shoot here. So we shot it and the sun was like going down and we had to hurry up and get the shot. We're like running on sand. I, I got a couple people who can, who can attest to this story. We're like running to hurry up and get this shot. And, uh, and yeah, so that's the, that's that story. <laughs> Good times. And how big? How big's the the team for, for for a video like that? Have you got uh, much of a crew with you? Small, small. At, for for that video, it was just one. My 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 guy Joseph Lombardi. He, he films a lot of my stuff, and I think my other guy Anomaly was there to to help out. But generally, like those types of videos, only take one guy shooting and and me, and that's it. A bigger production, though, like um, I sued the school system, a production like that, <laughs> bigger team, bigger, bigger team. Awesome. Awesome. Now, uh, where do you think your inspiration comes from for most of these videos? Is it purely observation and reflection and you just kind of go, wow, it's such a huge issue. I should create a video about that. Or is it? Is there, is there other um, things that trigger your inspiration? Yeah, I, I try to touch things that are um, relatable. But even before that, I, tr I try to touch on things that are important for me. 
um, to get out there, right? Like I always say my best work has come when I've had this this in mind. And that is, if this is the last piece that I'm ever going to create, what am I going to say? And that, that just takes out ego. It distills the message down. It makes it uh, easily digestible and voila, some, something comes out. Uh, but as far as the topics in general, I'm a pretty socially aware guy. I mean, I, I studied anthropology, so I'm fascinated with with human beings, um, and, and the things that we do. And I try to, I try to provide, um, or invite people to a space of solution. And that solution is all, all of my videos say the same thing, really, that we are the answer to the problems that we create. <laughs> That's it. Mm. Um, but as far as where the ideas come from, I have no idea, man, where does any idea come from? Right. All, all ideas come to us out of nowhere. And whether we write them down or we just let them go, they go back to nowhere. So I, I just try to get into a, a place of, of stillness and allow the the ideas to come and I catch them like fish. <laughs> That's awesome. And, you know, digging deeper a little bit in terms of curating uh, your topic ideas, you know, exactly like that example, sometimes they'll, they'll, the, the, the catch will come like a, you know, a, a hundred fish in one sitting of stillness. And you might be like, Oh, that's a good idea. That's another good idea. What are the core ingredients that you look for as criteria before you commit to making a particular video? When I'm, when I'm working in my right mind, it's, it's this death principle, right? It's like, if, if I had one last thing to say, what am I going to say? And I just got to find a way to, to get that message out there. So, I mean, if you had, let me ask you, if you had one last uh, video to make or some uh, pocket, like what, what would you talk about? What would you say? Usually, uh, I'll let you answer, but I'm going to say this to finish. Usually what you're going to say is exactly what needs to be said. And if, especially if it comes out of, from a place of love um, and it's going to, it's going to go right. It's going to grow legs. Because I believe what comes from the heart reaches the heart. And there's a qualitative uh, reality that we can't integrate into data. We can't, you know, put some type of numbers behind it. But there's some type of qualitative thing that just comes out. And we see it emit from a, from a human being's heart when they're speaking from it. And uh, usually those things grow so organically is what I've, what I've noticed. But uh, what would you what, what would you say? What, what would be your one thing to talk about if uh, if you had one last thing to, to, to create or say? Mm. Yeah, that's a big that's a big question, isn't it? Mm. Um, the first thing that comes to my heart is to love one another and how that is expressed might come in the form of. Uh, you know, a principle that I kind of live by, which is to lead with generosity and to follow with care. So it's something that, I mean, I've just been brought up to, uh, to really find my own happiness and peace in. So if I'm doing something that is not in line with that level of contribution, um, I'm just not going to pursue it. And I'm not going to be happy and I'm not going to be at peace. So for instance, the whole thing about working on something that you really love is 
is a big passion of mine and I've found that through design mm. and I've found that through creativity, a career that I've been in for, you know, over 13 years now. But there came a point when it just became so corporate mm. that it became so transactional. And when I was designing, I was just designing for a purpose that I didn't feel connected 100%. Don't get me wrong, I was super grateful for the opportunities. And um, it can be fun problem solving, no doubt, for you know, a UX design for, in, for the digital space or a, a, a service or something as simple as crafting a beautiful logo or, you know, um, a website or, or whatever it might be. But that said, I was searching for something more and hence now creating this podcast, um, two and a half years ago, bridging the gap between, um, people who may not have access to thought leaders, uh, experts in their field and, um, how did they live a fruitful life in their, in the, in their industry. Um, and so that and the books and all of that, you know, helping designers navigate their way basically, because I think, um, at the end of the day, whatever job we choose, it's not going to make us happy. The job isn't going to make us happy. It's just a vehicle to enable happiness of some type to enter, but it's certainly not the, the only layer. So I feel you brother. I'm with you. (laughs) Um, and, uh, I love actually on your, on your site, on your about section, you actually have, uh, love is the answer or or something like that. Um, so I love that. Um, now let's dial back to when you first started the spoken word type videos of wisdom. Can you remember the very first video you released and what the internal dialogue was like when you created it? The first spoken word piece? Yeah. Just kind of the first video where you're like, right, this is meaningful to me. Yeah. I'm a, I'm going to put it out there. And, and in that moment, it's kind of like a designer or a creative of any type mm-hmm. putting out their work and going, right, this is me on a plate. You know, it's not easy. Yeah. So what was your internal dialogue like and how did you kind of overcome any, if any, any, uh, any challenges internally? Right. Yeah, it was, um, actually, I think it was, um, it might've been that autocorrect humanity piece or why I think the world should end. It was one of those, but for for me, my, probably still, it's still my favorite, one of my favorite pieces, probably top two. And that's why I think the world should end that video, because I, I approached it with, uh, that heuristic in mind that I just told you about with just having death, uh, kind of on your shoulder. And if this is the last thing I'm ever going to write, what's, what am I going to say? And that's how I wrote it. And the only thing that came out was love, peace, compassion, planting seeds of goodness, and I, I spoke about all the ills in the world that we face, but I twisted around and I, like you said, I gave the answer and the other answer is love. Uh, and love is, 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 is powerful. The most powerful weapon we have. Um, it's, it's the answer to everything, not only in our own lives, but in the world today. So that was the, that was the first one that I really came at it like that. And that was my thought process, man. If this is the last thing that I'm ever going to create, what am I going to say? Yeah, cool. So you focused on on 
how important this is to put out there rather than what are people going to think? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. I, I create all my pieces like, um, really for me, <laughs> you know, like I'm like, if I, if I like this, then it's good. Then I'm going to release it, you know? So I'm, I'm like my own little audience. Like I don't really create stuff. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of do, maybe it's a, maybe it's a, a paradox, but I, I try to, while I try to serve, my audience and the world at large, I also create stuff for me. Like, what do I feel like I need to say? Um, how do I feel like I need to say this? How do I, can I express this? And, and will I like it if I was to watch it? <laughs> you know, that's kind of the, uh, the, 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 the yardstick that I, that I use. It reminds me of a documentary that I watched recently where Paulo Coelho was featured in it. And, he basically shared his journey of discovering what was really his calling. And he said that, you know, growing up, his parents, of course, didn't want him to take a job or a career path that was not safe in a way, not, not secure. Right. And he said that when every time that he fought the, the passion within himself to write, he was just so unhappy. You know, there was references to the walking dead, as not to be depressing, but you know, the people that work these, um, jobs that, um, that, uh, seem like they're moving, they're walking, but they're dead on the inside. And he said when he pursued writing, he, it was just, it was just something within him that he just couldn't, he couldn't contain any longer. Um, and it's, and I think it's that place that's, um, that we're, that that's a place that we're all, um, looking for and if you're lucky and blessed to have it then um hold on to it yeah um now speaking of firsts um when i was thinking back i was like what was the first video that i watched of prince and i was thinking and and it was a video that you released in 2015 that's when i kind of, kind of stumbled across you and this video was titled working to live or living to work okay <laughs> and it's kind of linked to all this right and and you might get uh you know you can see the connection with a bit of the the history that i've shared um earlier mm. now for the listeners uh, i'll insert a section of that um, which really got to my heartstrings and i'll play that for you now see we all need time to get away from the race for our family friends for the sake of our mental state time to rewind recharge and reconnect not reporting to the office on emails that should be on redirect. Because life, ladies and gentlemen, is all about moments. No one in history has ever been able to hold on to one. Not a single soul. And you never get them back. See? There one goes. No do-over, no rewind, no DVD root menu to skip to a previous scene. Ask yourself, how many trips did you almost take? How many sights have you almost seen? How many moments have you lost thinking about the next one? Thinking that once you get this or get there, maybe that will be the best one. Life has taught me that all we will ever have is now. But let me be perfectly clear. I'm not saying to quit your job. Even though I know you deserve a six-month vacation twice a year. But how about small steps, short trips, 
with long dances, no distractions. Spend time with family instead of co-workers. Meditation instead of aggravation. Replace our screensavers with sunrises. Palm pilots with palm trees. Jam copy machines with... Man, I really hate jam copy machines. The most precious thing we have in life are moments. Let's make the most of them before they disappear. Let's see the world while we still can and cherish those while they're still here. Because when our lives are almost over, it won't matter how much money we made or hours we worked or times we got employee of the month. What we will look back on are the memories we made, the hours we spent with those we loved, and were we father of the month, mother of the year, friend of a lifetime. Such a powerful message, Princeia, and the verse that impacted me was ask yourself how many trips did you almost take how many sights have you almost seen how many moments have you lost thinking about the next one thinking that once you get this or get there that maybe that will be the best one Mm -hmm. so good um what are some practical tips that you have for us to be more present (laughs) Um, I tried to bust a rhyme like you just now, but you know, <laughs> I like it. I'm I'm shocking. I'm shocking at <laughs> rapping, but uh, reading reading it, I had to practice that a couple of times. So uh, that was good. That was good. No, there you go. <laughs> uh, if I had a label, I'd sign you. Um, Thank you, brother. <laughs> um, no doubt. You know, present. It, it, you know, it's interesting because we're always in the present moment, and so the body. You know, the body is always in the present moment. The mind is usually, you know, somewhere in the future projecting or somewhere in the past, you know, that old graveyard. Um, but if we bring our attention to the body, uh, we bring ourselves to this moment. I like to look at my hands and look at my body. Um, breathing is also the doorway to the now. When you can focus your attention on your breath, your in-breath and your out-breath fully, um, that's the, you know, the, I mean, these are, these are nature's gifts of, mm. you know, the present moment, like nature's hacks, right? <laughs> like evolution gave us these hacks to, to bring ourselves to the moment. We just got to look down and focus on what's already here and say so the greatest tragedy in life is not in how much we suffer, but in how much we miss. And, uh, presence is, is a gift. And so those are, those are two ways. Um, but, and the more and more you constantly bring yourself to the present moment, uh, the more your mind will naturally begin to spring there. Um, so that, I mean, it's just like working a muscle, the, the, the stronger that, that, uh, snap back will be. Um, so yeah, that's, I'd say those two, um, are probably the, the quickest and the easiest ways to, to come back to the now. Yeah, I completely agree with that. The breath I've actually um, tried to implement more consciously and intently uh, probably over the last six to eight months. Um, I started yoga in April, mm-hmm. first time ever. I went to a yoga retreat with my fiance and uh, I went to another yoga retreat last month mm-hmm. um, and it was literally us in nature uh, at at a beautiful place called Kosciuszko National Park, there were birds singing, kangaroos hopping around, um, platypus swimming, mm-hmm. um, 
no reception. No reception was available mm. uh, in the middle of nowhere and um, in Australia. And uh, one of the biggest things out of the retreat at the end was, you know, what is one thing that you got out of this that was that would be something that you could take back with you? Mm. And the thing that I just said was 10 seconds of breathing. Mm. And it was literally that so simple you could take the breath anywhere with you mm. and um some of the the hacks that were shared around was you know try to think um when you're turning a key mm. to breathe for for inhale you know four counts exhale six or 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 five mm. or five, five five you know um 10 sec 10 counts of breathing when you do an action that you do commonly. So, you know, for me, I'm now starting to turn a key really slowly mm. for 10 seconds. And just, just in that crack of busy, I find uh, a slab of peace in that, in that moment. So uh, now many of your videos, Prince are indeed serious in tone or um, relevant to today. Uh, perhaps even personally confronting to some videos titled, um, you know, why most people die before age 25. I am not black. You are not white. You are not depressed. Stop it. And why I love terrorists. Um, now you have them, but then you also have created videos of other genres. And one that stands out is called the commercial. They don't want you to see. (laughs) So I'll play a little of that now for the listeners. Hi, guys. Prince EA here at Contentment with a special offer for you today. Ever wonder why you're never happy? Even when you get the things you want, the feeling just never lasts. Well, I've got exactly what you've been looking for. Contentment. Advertisers and marketers have spent billions of dollars tricking us into wanting more and more. They want you to buy, buy, buy to satisfy their evil, selfish greed. They say this makeup will make you look pretty and you'll be happy. Or this car will make you a hit with your friends and, you guessed it, you'll be happy. But it's like you're chasing this butterfly that's constantly out of reach. Because you see, the truth is, you can never have enough of what you don't really want. I'm here today to offer you a little contentment, because contentment is what you've been looking for all along. Here's why. Take the new iPhone. Timmy here waited in line for three days trying to get his hands on this phone. He hated his old phone, and when he got the new one, he was so happy. Now, the million-dollar question is, did the phone make him happy, or was it the release from the craving of the phone that made him happy? The phone? Duh. No, Timmy. There's nothing in this phone that made you happy. It was the release from the craving of the phone. See, when you craved this phone, you had a lot of tension and anxiety and stress building up. And when you got the phone, you were released from those stresses. You wrongly attributed the peace and joy that you got from the release to the phone. Wow, I never looked at it like that. Many people haven't, Timmy. So they continue running to the next stupid thing, thinking that it will bring them happiness. But what they were really looking for is contentment. So with a video like that, which very much mimics the as-seen-on-TV infomercials, what's your creative process for those more comedic parody-style videos? Um. you know that idea came to me and i was really just gonna do a vlog you know do a regular sit down direct the camera piece to it 
but I'm always looking for new ways to express the message. Uh, humor is something that, you know, I think I have inside of me. Some people would say, Richard, you're not funny. Shut up. <laughs> uh, you know, but I think I'm, I think, yeah, actually, I, I wanted to be a comedian for like two weeks. And uh, I, I would like write down jokes on napkins and all of this fun. You know, I'd, I'd like steal jokes from people on TV like George Carlin and Chris Rock. And I love I love comedy. Uh, comedy is like the the if you can if you can do. I love comedians that can deliver messages through comedy. I think that is that what a skill that is uh, and what an important field comedy is. It might be, I think comedy, a comedian is up there with uh, doctors. And I say that to say that, I mean, without comedians in this world, we would just be freaking miserable. Um, you know, laughter is the best medicine. And uh, so I, I, I've got a few like improv books and I want to learn more about how to comedically uh, translate messages, deeper messages to people because once you're once you're laughing you're receptive you know you once you're laughing you your your conditioning uh it, it it dissolves right now you're now you're laughing now you're open <laughs> you you don't you don't think when you laugh so you're open to receive um so i it was really the whole process was just how can i express this message in a way that can be funny and people can get it uh at the same time that's fantastic. How do you measure your video's impact? Do you look at views and think that the most viewed has reached the most people, so those particular videos are the most impactful? Or do you look at the depth and vulnerability of viewers' comments, perhaps? Um, maybe that um, that might be an authentic impression of a successful video. Um or maybe people are just stopping you on the street and just thanking you. Mm, wow. 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 Yeah. All of those, man. I mean, it's, it's humbling when, you know, this kid from the North side of St. Louis, um, has creates a video that the Oprah has seen or that, you know, Richard Branson has seen or that, that the, the, like is, is, you know, kings and queens, like it's, it's insane, you know, just the reach of it. But, and I used to be very, very analytical. I used to care about, okay, how many views did that get? And what time are people watching this video? What's the best metric? What position is their face at when they see this video? You know, all of these crazy, not, not really the last one. That was a joke. Maybe I'm not, <laughs> uh, but, but so now I'm, I'm, I'm like, I try to do the best that I can and I let it go. I let it go, man. You know, I, I was, it's funny. I asked, um, a spiritual teacher named Gangaji. I was like, Gangaji, um, I met her, um, on a beach, I think in like Santa Monica or something. And we were chat. we were chatting for the first time. And I just, at the end of our meeting, I asked her, I was like, how do I, you know, I got these millions of views, but how do I really know it's having an impact? How do I, how do I know? And she says, you, you can't. You can't know. And all you can do is just plant the seed. <laughs> you know, you, you, you can't you, you don't know if somebody is going to take immediate action from that seed you, that you just planted. And they're going to grow right then. Or if you plant that seed and then they're going to get watered 10 years down the line. You don't know. All you can do is do the best that you can in creating your content 
and release your your attachment to the result. Period. Mm. Beautiful man. Planting seeds is something that I'm a huge uh, advocate for. I always share that um, that approach because you can you can't really control how people react, you know. And um, yeah, planting seeds is is such a it's such a nice tie into the other thing you said as well, which is letting go. Mm. You know, you said um, you don't know, so just just let go, and and it's kind of um, yeah, it's it's something that I'm 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 incredibly passionate about, and um, and I and I know that will uh, resonate with the listeners as well. Um, now, what would you say to those who want to make videos? but don't have the budget to produce high-end quality or who may not have the high-end video equipment to execute? Mm. I tell them, you don't have a budgetary problem. You got a creative problem. <laughs> yeah. Nice. You know, people, the, 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 actually the simple videos, they, they go crazy online because mm. people, people see the, the, the down to earth, the humble, the humility in the video and the creation. And if you could do something crazy, creative with a freaking cell phone, you're brilliant. Mm. You're brilliant. You don't, you don't need a, a $60,000 red camera or an Alexa or the best sound. You know, you, you, you just need to, to figure out a creative idea to express what's in your heart. You need to study the market. What's, what's work, what doesn't work. You do, you collect the data. Let's not be stupid. Let's look at the data. Well, okay. Um, what, okay. What about a thumbnail? I, I got the video idea, but how do I, how do we market it? How do we put it out there? So it's a whole process. Um, but I, it, it ain't about money. It's about, cause I didn't, man, you know, I'm from the north side. I said it in the beginning. I'm from the north side of St. Louis. I didn't have any type of budget. Um, I had to do a shoestring budget and, you know, ask ask for favors. And, you know, and, and just through creativity and simplicity, um, things travel. And, and the more you do it, the more um, experience you get, the more experiments and tests that you run. And, hey, eventually... What they say, a broken clock is right twice a day. Eventually, you're going to get there. Yeah, solid, solid advice. Um, if you were to create a school or program that teaches wisdom, um, what would that look like and which people come to mind that could teach it? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Ooh. <laughs> well, first of all, um, well, what would it look like? It would look like, um, it would, it would look like a multi-sensory, um, multiple levels of intelligence school, uh, meaning, um, so intelligence, unfortunately in our society is really based on uh, professorship in, 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 you know, this, this academic, um, level of, of intelligence, which is very myopic and limited point of view. So intelligence, and I think Finland gets it right, but intelligence is, is multivaried, right? There's, there's so many different types. There are people that are, um, kinesthetically intelligent people that learn through, 
through touch, through dance, the people who learn through uh, visuals, through auditory senses, uh, so many different types. And I would create a program that, and I'd have to think through this, but that would um, be open to all of these different expressions. And my my school would be um, based on the original definition of education, which comes from the Greek word "educe," meaning to to draw out. So it wouldn't it wouldn't be focused on putting stuff into the child's mind, even though there are certain things that we should know. Uh, but it would be focused more so on bringing out that gift that is already inside of them, seeing their natural uh, proclivities. Um, I would I would absolutely implement a mindfulness practice because, man, it, it just enhances every whatever you go into <laughs> mindfulness. You know, there's a reason why freaking uh, Tony Robbins uh, practices mindfulness and Kobe Bryant does, too, uh, you know, because if you can if you can master the mind, you can master any any field. Um, should I stop there or keep going? That's good. So would you have would you have them part of the uh Ooh, teachers. the entity? Yeah. Ooh, okay. So master classes. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's a that's a that's another great concept I would probably include. Um you know, kids do the um we might have guest lecturers come in, but I think also we would have kids Right. We would we would do the flip the class, flip the uh, what is it? Flip the classroom model. Mm. I forget the exact terminology, but basically what it does is kids do the homework in class and they have the lectures at home. Um, so I would I would with this this technique is showing a lot, a lot of success. Uh, I would absolutely try if I could, if ever in a perfect world, I would love to have the masters of all these fields come in and teach <laughs> and teach. That would be sick. Um, and we would have fun, man. We, we would absolutely have fun. And every child would know that they're already perfect. They're already special. And they would have so much love and freedom and compassion and care. Um, and would, but also discipline, you know, because I think discipline is also important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right on, right on. Now, what's a failure or struggle that comes to mind that you're grateful for now that you weren't so grateful for at the time? You know, I'd say um, failure for me, even though we'll use, we'll use those words. So a failure for me would be not being, remember earlier I told you about this, that story about me comparing myself to other artists that were on MTV and getting these awards and this and that. Yes. Yeah. And for me to not to fail at doing that, I think it's great. That was great because that led me to to go inside. It led me to go inside, and um, I think my my imprint could potentially be greater than if I was, you know, the the, the best rapper of all time. You know, I, I, my imprint that I'm capable of um, producing now and it might look totally different from what I'm doing now but just the fact that I'm not limited and put into this box is great it's a great thing so uh so yeah yeah that uh 
that 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 the lotus you know the, you know the story of the lotus right the lotus flower is the beautiful most beautiful fragrant flower on the face of the earth but it only grows in the dirty ugly muddy swamp right wow i did not know that yeah it ain't it ain't growing on marble it ain't growing in the highlands uh only from the from the ugly dirty mud can this beautiful um creature emerge and so right through our failures only can can our true selves our, our true beautiful selves emerge we got to go through the failures we have to it's a part of life you know what's a movie without the ups and the downs i mean so i'm, I'm happy to bring it full circle i'm happy that 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 i'm doing the air quotes now that dream didn't pan out <laughs> hmm. fantastic a few more questions for you prince uh a question i ask all my guests if you could travel back in time for 30 seconds and speak to your junior self perhaps the young prince finishing high school what would you tell him dang wow 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 Young prince finishing high school. <laughs> Wear a condom. No, just uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. I probably wouldn't listen. No, just okay. This is this is going a different way. Um, I will probably. <laughs> you were a different person back then, to some degree, weren't you? Yeah. So this is all relevant, man. Oh man, big, big, big. Let's see. What would I say? I would say. I would say 30 seconds, huh? <laughs> 30 seconds. <laughs> You've used up your 15. It's going <laughs> to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say everything is going to turn out right. Mm, lovely. Yeah. So who has been an impactful giant thinker in your life? Uh, maybe there's a person that, or group of people that have inspired you to think bigger and dig deeper in helping you reach your full potential. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'd say, um, I'd say a, a guy named Muji, a guru named Muji. And you can't mention Muji without mentioning Papaji. You can't mention Papaji without mentioning Ramana Maharshi. But I'd say Muji because... Um, so as I was on this path to discover who I am, his words were so clear and his pointings, right? Um, and so there was, they were so clear and in a, in a very direct way, right? Like I'm lazy and this is like the lazy man's way to enlightenment is all you do is you keep asking yourself, who am I, who am I beyond this body and this mind? And so listening to him, he inspired me so, so much. And he's actually the, the most nervous, uh, that I've ever been meeting somebody. I met him in India. Um, and so I've, I've met a lot, a lot of people, man, but him, I don't know if it was nervousness or if he was sending me some type of special energy, but I was just like, <laughs> I was just like a kid, man. And mm. so, yeah, so I'd say him because he, I mean, there's, there's a lot of people who've influenced me in different fields and gotten me better and sparked different ideas. But when you meet a master that can actually show you what you're not, that the ideas that you had about who you are, it's not you. Um, that's, I think what this world is about, you know, what a, what a tragedy it would be to, to be blessed with existence and not question that and not try to answer that one. So he, um, I'd say Muji. Mm. 
is he someone that we can um access at uh, at some level does he have um does he have writings or videos himself or does he what does he have out there yes i stumbled upon him from his youtube videos he's actually got a he's he's popular on like on the internet um he's got a lot of people that watch his stuff and he's got books um and hanging out with him too man because you know first of all so when i use the word spiritual you know i was never into like um just you know the first thing that comes to mind when you hear spiritual right it's like it's kind of weird it's kind of like religion and wish you you know i'm into um evidence-based stuff right i'm a scientist and so I don't want anybody listening to think that, oh, okay, trying to convert me to, no, it's, it's, it's anything that we can prove is, and it becomes self-evident. I think when you ask yourself, cause, cause when you get an answer from somebody, you never really know, but when you can discover it for yourself, this is science, this is, uh, this is empiricism. And so this is, this is what he did for me. And, uh, and I'm, when I met him, when I hung out with him in India, we didn't talk about anything spiritual at all. We, we, we ate pizza and, uh, uh, <laughs> drank orange soda. Um, you know, it, it is so normal, right? But when he walks around in India, people literally bow at his feet. Um, he's very popular there and, and people, you know, they wait outside. We went to a restaurant and they wait outside in, in a line, you know, wherever he goes. So it's, uh, it's, it's beautiful to see that, um, somebody of his, um, whatever word I can say status maybe is, is doesn't believe the hype and is still so humble and a real person. So I say Muji. <laughs> Muji. M-U-J-I? M-O-O-J-I. M-O-O-J-I. All right. I'll be sure to check him out. Um, so Prince, what's next for you with everything you're involved in? Uh, you know, uh, we're recording this now on the brink of um, moving into 2018. Uh, what have you got planned for 2018 and beyond? Yeah, just trying to finish the year out strong. Uh, I'm actually before we spoke, I was editing a video. So I'll probably release some videos next week and a week after, um, trying to end the year strong 2018. I just want to continue, um, my own personal understanding of what this world is about. Staying present, staying active, staying creative, doing the best I can while I'm here, man. That's it. Fantastic. And how can listeners get in touch with you online? Yes, 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 yes. Um, I'd say Instagram is a good way. Um, Facebook, I don't really check those messages, but I always post like videos on Facebook. So if you want to check out my content, just like my Facebook page. Um, everything is Prince EA. Instagram is Prince underscore EA and YouTube is, is Prince EA as well. So I'm there. I'm there. Twitter too. Uh, Twitter. If you tweet me, I'll probably like answer most likely. Mm. Yeah. Great. Great. Mate, it has been such a pleasure chatting with you. Uh, I think you and I are um, kindred spirits in a way, mate. I reckon we can definitely, you know, talk about this type of stuff for days, but uh, we'll cap it at that. I'm uh, delighted that we could finally connect in this way and share 
this conversation to the world mm. and um you are a huge inspiration to me so on behalf of um everyone listening i'm sure they're in the same boat so thank you for all that you do and thank you for uh the light that you shine upon the world with your videos mm. it means a lot to me it means a lot to me and the feeling is 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 mutual and that's not just a platitude i, I see what you're doing and um, what you're trying to do. And it's, it's, it's so beautiful. You, you inspire me and I, I consider you a brother and, uh, I hope to connect with you on a deeper level. Appreciate that, man. Thank you. There you have it, Giants. Thank you once again for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Prince. Now, if you've been enjoying this podcast, it would truly mean a lot to me if you leave a review on iTunes. The better the reviews, naturally, the more the exposure, which increases the chances of continually reaching expert guests like Prince Ear, Kelly Slater, Chase Jarvis, and Debbie Millman for all of us to learn from. So I invite you to head to giantthinkers.com slash podcast review. A little teaser for our next guest. She is the president and CEO of Effie Worldwide. The group is best known for presenting the Marketing Effectiveness Awards titled the Effies. Prior to joining Effie Worldwide, she spent 13 years at Cadbury Schweppes in a variety of marketing and business roles up to Global Business Development Director. And she also spent almost seven years at Shell International. Her roles at Shell included General Manager of Global Consumer Brands, Global Head of Brand Strategy in Retail, and Vice President of External Relations Asia Pacific. She's also a mum, an incredible woman that I deeply respect and admire, so stay tuned for that one up next. Briefly, before you race off, I invite you to grab yourself a movement watch at 15% off with free shipping worldwide by going to mvmt.com slash giant thinkers. Alternatively, there's a clickable link in the blog post of this episode if you prefer to click through. We're heading into the Christmas shopping period, as mentioned earlier, and if you're like me and hate the stress that comes with parking at the shops, then dealing with retail crowds, you can skip all that and grab watches for you and your loved ones delivered straight to your door. They make the perfect gift for men and women, and as mentioned, start at $95. The 15% off all items with free shipping is automatically activated when you visit this exclusive link, MVMT dot com slash giant thinkers for any questions or if you'd like to reach me you can do so via instagram my handle is the giant thinker lastly i'll leave you with a quote that i loved from prince which can apply to us all he said while i have breath in this body how can i show people that the answers lie within themselves how can i bring people together and unify 